Tuesday, March 31st, 2020. Here on the coast of Brazil. Back from our morning walk to the beach. Our stand, our vision. Plunges into the ice water ocean. There was no sun this morning until we were finished. We were walking back towards the jungle and we made... One last turnaround as we felt some warmth on our backs. There it was, glorious sun. It's the sun. So the sun was reluctant to wake today, but it was in- incredible the difference. Like it just came up. It was instantly warm. Instantly warm. This is like honor. Honor. You know, for guys out there who, when I speak of honor, a lot of times, guys, it's just a concept. It's not a feeling. In fact, it's not really, honor as a feeling is not, is, is almost absent in our culture. You'll see it used sometimes that way, but very rarely. Mm-hmm. And you'll see many people, when they feel this feeling and they try to describe it, they have no word for it. They, and they'll, they'll fumble with their words and just be like, I, I felt so good inside um and they, they, they'll use different words they'll use words that so it's very powerful to have a word for this feeling because it's so much easier to distinguish it from anything else and then to know this came from something this feeling has an origin this feeling is a result of standing for your values yourself your people in the face of whatever's there, or witnessing someone else do it, or someone witnessing that in you. That's the origin of the feeling. So it's very, it's very powerful to distinguish it as a word. How was this morning about honor? Because that's how you started. What I'm saying is that instant warmth, Uh the sun, is like the feeling of honor, that instant warmth that can arise inside of you the moment that you come into alignment with what's most important to you, the moment that you take a stand. The moment you rise up. Yes. (laughs) And we'll start with a quote this morning. This one's from Nassim Taleb. Quote is simple. Success is about honor. And What does that mean to you? What that points at to me is, and I think the point that he's kind of making there is a lot of people will settle for a success that doesn't include honor. In other words, they might have betrayed their soul. They might have betrayed what's most important to have, to be seen as successful. Or to even attain that that achievement that they were that they were wanting, and it's very easy to have success and deep suffering. In fact, many people have it. It's not enough to get the victory and to feel honor. Um, you can very much have the victories and be deeply suffering inside. 
You know, if you know you could trade people most important to you to get there, um, or if you could trade yourself in some way. And people mm-hmm. also don't have the, uh, many people also don't have like a a way to distinguish like why they're suffering, where is mm-hmm. their suffering coming from? And many people often would say, well, I'm not suffering. But they're dealing with the coping mechanisms for their suffering. Things that they've put in their life to hide it, to to coat it over. Their distractions, their addictions, their, um, their ways of trying to avoid really being with themselves, looking in the mirror really facing reality in themselves and being witness to who they're being in their life. And uh, very much what the I stand is, is creating an environment, one of honor, two of facing everything, especially yourself, and not avoiding. And it's, uh, it's a very uncomfortable thing but it, it opens up a space where honor has been possible because one key component requisite for honor is the facing. And the more you face, the more you can evoke honor. So, last mm-hmm. night we were talking with a young man in California. Alex, shall we use his name? The Big A. Big A. (laughs) Big A. (laughs) And uh, he's a guy that you've known or been talking to for at least the last six months. He's a young guy. I think he just turned 18. He's in university. And, you know, the coronavirus pandemic is in full swing and and classes have been canceled. And, He's, you know, he's part of a group of guys who were, for him, mostly online, but they're like brotherhood. They support each other, and uh, they support each other in being successful. But you know, Steve and his group—they're also a a rowdy bunch of guys, and um, it's it's more like a dog pack, you know. Like the guys are together. It's that feeling of like we're all in this together, Um, but it's not. He doesn't have that in his immediate environment, I sense. And he's dealing with this conflict of he's got these desires that he wants, these longings that he want that he has for women and for adventure and things like this. But his dad is paying for his schooling and his housing and his food and everything. And he feels like he would be betraying his dad if he does what he really wants, if he goes after what he really wants. and Which is what? The, well, the path of his dad, first of all, is, you know, it's this path of success. You graduate from university, you get a good paying job, and you go down the yellow brick road, so to speak, and his parents will be pleased with him. And, um. But his desire, his heart, has a different yearning. And 
you know, he's a, uh, he's very open about it, that he's a virgin and he wants to lose his virginity. He wants to have a, uh, abundance in the world of women. And he wants to have a, an, uh, a great social life. And he also wants to have an impact with people, like personal transformation. So in school, he was studying to be a psychotherapist. But that's a long road as well. And he sees other people who are transforming people's lives who are not psychotherapists, didn't graduate from university, and are just out there making a difference in people's lives. So he's, so he's questioning, like, man, is the path to happiness and making a difference? Do I really have to go to school, become indebted to my father, and walk that path? And I think also part of his conflict is he's in an environment in a California university where, you know, the guy's just learning how to talk to girls and stuff. And he talked to some girl and put his hand on her shoulder. And uh, she went to the school authorities and he got called before some tribunal for, you know, making a girl feel uncomfortable. <laughs> and so the, the, the poor kid's like, I just want to learn to talk to girls. Right. And he's, he has no space to make a mistake and the rules aren't clear. And, and, and for me, like the, the, the danger is, and I, I used this analogy with him, a real story of my youngest brother. When he, when I found out my youngest brother was getting in trouble at school, you know, hanging out with kind of kids who were not succeeding in school, not doing anything but really drugs, and going around like shooting BB guns at school buses and stuff like that. And then my brother would go into school and just, continually be in trouble you know he brought a knife to school he didn't show up to class yesterday and so he's constantly just being punished and what i was clear on is too much more of this the reflection that he's a bad kid he's a bad kid he's a loser he's a failure he's gonna start believing it at some point like i know how it works he's gonna form that identity that's gonna form the rest of his life he's gonna hang out with those kind of friends and uh, I just, I just was like, "Now fuck that, man!" And I convinced him, John, come live with me. I come live with me. Be surrounded by. You can be powerful, you know. You can be an entrepreneur. It's by by an older guy who believes in you. You're into assimilation. Yeah. Yes. The right environment is way more important than the right book. Yeah, I'll reflect back to him that he's a badass. You know, he's my brother. Yeah, I give a fuck about him. He was at his home environment at that point. I left home. I'm his older brother. His other older brother left home. Our father left home many years before. And uh, he was just there with my youngest sister and my mother. My mother at that point in time was in a difficult time and she'd concluded that she was done being a mother. She wasn't really present. And uh, he was kind of just fending for himself. 
and he was going after school, you know, he's going around selling newspapers and he was great. Like he won an award for doing that. Like the number one sales guy selling the newspaper. I was like, John, if you can sell, you'll be fine. You know, you can make it in life. Come on out. So back to your brother, Anthony, there are two different things there. And I went back for my brother, John. Yes, I know. And yours, well, you used the word oh, Anthony. <laughs> I did, I did. <laughs> Big A. Big A. Uh, there are two elements in that. It's one of the, and I thought you were going to speak to that, the, like the call and the, or the environment you're in. When I, when I, I really, what interests me very much, and maybe this is just a little side thing, but the, the, the trouble that young men in the West are in, men that are want to figure out women, how to talk to them, how to be with them, how to be glorious with them, how to be seducers. What has happened, many bad things have happened, many good things, but for sure what has happened is that they have way less space for error than they used to have, which means you don't get to practice. Is and you say, well, you know, it's maybe not a problem, but be because the consequences of say a bad approach or doing it badly are completely for the guy. There's no way, you know, there's, he's, he bears 100% responsibility for success of an approach. And if it doesn't go well, it's his responsibility. And so, of course, guys are hesitant, you know, because the consequences are big. Like this guy, you know, he's 18. He's, he puts his, you know, hand on, on her shoulder, whatever, you know. <laughs> I mean, we know big A, you know, there's no threat yes. in there. You know, there's, yes. And he's still, you yes, know. Yes, this so, guy's, uh, he's, he's innocent, he's young, he's, he's, uh, his energy is so like just bright and just just a young kid you yeah. know it means no harm so he sees that is like fuck so next time he's not doing it he doesn't get any practice and he'll be bad you know a, a young guy like that could easily end up resentful yeah hating women hating the world hating society and it's bad for men for women and it could be bad for society it could end up really bad for Let's not big A, but a kid like that could end up suicidal, could end up taking it out on the world. Like these, these are, you know, these, uh, what do they call them? The kid, the, the incels, involuntarily celibate. Yes. They go and then shoot up uh, people because they blame people for their inability to be with women. But what, what has, what it, what, what's interesting to me in that whole process is that for me, say this awkwardness or at least tension is an essential trait of of the encounter is is tension is essential to the encounter in fact it's in the tension that the learning is it's in the unexpectedness it's in the surprise it's in the unpredictability that the learning is for anything that's like even encountering a nature you know when there's an element of surprise that's where you stretched that's where you learn you know and what we're doing now in the West is 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 trying to like 
get that tension away, that awkwardness, that not being in control, you know, and we, we're like pacifying it completely. And uh, and added to the whole fucked up situation is that the guy is being whole, held responsible. And everybody loses. The guy doesn't get any more practice. The girl is now living with guys that never get any practice, you know, and we're, it's fucked up. You know, Never get any practice in or are trained not to approach, yes. not to make a move, not to be a leader, not to go for what they want, which is what women want, yes. regardless of what they say, is a, is a man who knows what he wants to go for it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, every woman wants to be approached by a great man, yes. you know, but if men do not have the liberty anymore to fuck it up, you know, chances that it will be become a great man is are, are a lot smaller. You know. Yeah, and you think of this girl who went to the authorities. She's also a victim of the conditioning. Yes. That she was told that there's something wrong. You know, in a classmate coming up exactly. and saying hello. But I'm I'm like a and and the, and it's a tragedy for her that you know women's liberation used to be you know. 40, 50 years ago, it's like, hey, we want to be able to go out in the world like adults and take the risk if we wear a sexy dress. You know, we would take a, the risk. Like, we want to go stay out late at night, you know, like the guys often had the liberty to do, to do on campus and stuff like this. And uh, we don't want to be infantilized. We don't want to be like everyone needs to take care of us. But th what it's come to is that she's then going to the authorities on campus like they're her parents right this is university this is a time to become an adult and it's it's gone reverse like the authorities should all take care of us you know and well it's it's normal that we have it but i always say i mean i don't blame anyone for the fucked up situation that we're in but i do blame anyone who's perpetuating the games you know who's perpetuating this which includes the guy who's not Approaching, you know, uh, how understandable that is, you know, you got to do it if you yes. want to make a change or the girl go on and complain, you know, yeah, it's understandable where it comes from, but fucking don't do it, Yeah, you know, like with every, you could change that around, you know? Yeah. So last night I was, and I gave him a warning first, I gave him a disclaimer and this is, we're going to the second part now. This is for me, which is, uh. <clears throat> a stand that I've chosen to make. Yeah, I liked it. I gave him the disclaimer. Don't listen to anything I say. Don't do what I say. <laughs> and then I told him to get the fuck out of there. Go on an adventure. Come to Brazil. Come stay with us. You know, the same kind of invitation I made to my younger brother. You said that second and much louder. <laughs> <laughs> I did say the like first one. <laughs> no, I said the first one forcefully, but then I only said it for like 10 seconds, and the other one was like 30 minutes, you know, passionately. But I'm also responding to, like, I can see his desire, you know. He was becoming resigned to the fact that the life he wanted was so far away and maybe not reachable. And, um,. I have this, it's a concept I talk about, tazão, it's, we're in Brazil, it's a Portuguese word. The literal translation is like an erection. 
like uh, a real physical desire. And um, this is, and I and I mean it not just in a sexual sense, but in the, the mm -hmm. sense of like a an embodied desire. Like it's not like a want, like a sense that if I had something, it would be nice, but I don't have it. It's a, it's a, it's a clear, unmistakable physical desire in your body. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the things that we become so detached from in our training to be, if not successful, good to be good students, to be good children, to be good boyfriends, to be good employees, to, you know, so on and so forth. Um, the idea is to don't listen, you know, to that instinct. Don't listen to what you really deeply want. And, um, yeah, so for me, the, my, my, my conflict is the, could be inviting Anthony into a path of danger and risk and, you know, maybe he'll leave university and, you know, his, his father might warn him, you'll regret it later. You might be messing up your whole life, right? I don't want to override his father. Like his father has an important voice there. But this voice is also important. And I think it's also important that a young man has the support of at least one elder in his life, whether that's the, the grandfather, the crazy uncle, the whatever that says, you know what? Fuck the system. That dream you have, go for it. You know, that, that sees that, that, that affirms that genius that desire, that wildness inside of the young man. And uh, I'm choosing to embrace that. With consequence. Imagine he comes here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, many things could happen. And he'll have to I mean, part of the journey, it is a growing up journey, much more so than university. University, things can go wrong and his dad will handle it. You know, the school will handle it. If he's out on his own, like, this is a path of real learning. You learn in reality. There's a consequence and you got to pay the price, you know, which is great. It's the best kind of learning. And of course, you know, some learning can be fatal too. You know? But how fatal could it be to learn to sell your soul for someone else's idea of success or what's right. This fatal right away. Slowly by slowly, <laughs> day by day. Would you sign your contract? Mm -hmm. The life disappears inside of you. And then you become like one of these men. And I don't know about big A, big A, but a lot of men look around at the, the adult males in their life. And they see a, a domesticated, lifeless, soulless drone who's getting by, who's 
Making it another day. Making it the most from living in the zoo. Yes. It's, uh, you know, Big A is growing up in the zoo. He's a, he's a young, feisty, restless polar bear who's being told he needs to be trained to be a good performer in the show that they're, you know, that they do for the audience when, when the tourists come to, to visit the zoo and uh, being trained to be a good a good uh, performer and a, an obedient zoo animal. Don't pay any mind to the fact that instead of the mighty ocean, you have a little pool to swim in and that it has no fish, no seals, no <coughs> nothing to hunt, nothing to pursue, nothing to fuck. Never mind that the instead of the vast wilderness and mountains and snow, you have a painting of a mountain on the side of your wall. Badly painted also. Never mind that instead of females in heat that you can chase after and fight for and pursue, there's the old female in the other cell of the zoo you can never get to except when they put her in the same cell because they want to they decide it's time for you to mate now you get to perform and she's lifeless you know and uh she's well trained so if you try to come on to her she'll tell the zookeeper <laughs> Yeah, so I am that guy outside of the zoo. I'm that other polar bear. He's peeking over the wall. Say, Big A, Big A, your real home's out here. The wilderness, it's attainable. It's real. Come check it out. It's actually more real and easier than you think. You could just walk out of the zoo. Yes. You could just walk out. And let me say this. I think that it's a failure of older men, elders. If if the young men in your life don't have a calling, don't feel called to fully take on life and even to take on responsibility. Not from a sense of uh, a vague sense of duty to society, but like a calling where there's honor in it, where there's adventure, where there's brotherhood, you know, that, that calls to his soul. This is a failure of the older men in a young man's life. And it's not the failure of the young man that he doesn't feel called. It's not the failure of the young man that he resists responsibility. It's the failure of the elders of the culture of the community to provide a calling that he, that speaks to his deepest soul to say, yes, this is worth fighting for. This is worth dying for.
And so I say to the older men out there, look at the young men in your life. Are they disappearing into drugs, into video games, into their smartphone, into their television screen, into nothingness? Are they just living in the home of their parents, rent-free and wasting away? And consider that maybe, maybe, they're waiting for you to call to them. They're waiting for one man to say, you know what? You have what it takes. You're a, you're a, you're a polar bear. You have instincts. You have abilities that are natural. Humans are, are made for this earth. We thrive on this planet. We don't need years of training and conditioning and schooling and obedience training. How is it for you to be that man? Is that easy? Does it, does it get you excited? Does it come with responsibility? Is it a stand you make? How is it? To be that guy, for example, for Big A. For me, you know, I had, uh, you've heard me speak of my grandfather. Yes. You're lucky. It's, you know, my dad left home when I was 14. And my dad, very much, he did the, he, he followed the, the yellow brick road in life. You know, he graduated from university. He got his doctorate, became a dentist. He um, got married and he got married in the temple, in the Mormon religion. <coughs> he went on the two-year mission that you're supposed to go to and go on when you're a Mormon. He, you know, he, like, he did life by the book. And um, and the more wild men in my world were my grandfathers, both of them. They come from a different era, you know, the greatest generation, the World War II era. And uh, there's just, uh, I don't know, and they live out west. I lived out east more in the, well, we were outside of the suburbs. We were kind of in the country, but but it wasn't like the Wild West, you know. These guys were descendants of pioneers and cowboys, and, you know. And very much cowboys themselves, if if not the the wildest version of cowboys, you know. So I just, you know, I thank God for my grandfather. And it's like, uh, he was, he was living the kind of life that, that made me excited, curious, you know, like he, and I would go out and visit him like one in the summers, sometimes just for a few weeks, sometimes for the whole summer. And, uh. It seemed like for my grandfather, there was no limits, you know, and and he didn't live in a world of limits. He was a, um, 
real estate developer. Yeah, I remember he was Block 49 in Salt Lake City. He was developing this this block of land that became super controversial and in the news because, and I was working for him at this, on this property, I'm going to work. It was so great. You know, I was only 14. Um, and, and for like a young guy like that to be able to work, to me, it's outrageous that they have these child labor laws that, that apply to like a, a kid going and, and working because he wants to work. It's one thing if like, He's being forced to work in some factory, you know, and he doesn't want to be there. But like a kid wants to go work for his grandfather, who's a, a great man and earn a, earn a earn a wage, make his way. Fuck. Let the motherfucker do it. I feel so <laughs> I feel so strongly about that. But anyway, they they were digging out the land and they came across across these Native American not just Native American, but these Native American graves. And, um, and they brought in these archaeologists to to preserve the the remains and everything. And I don't know, it's just one of many great summers, but my, my grandfather, his his way of teaching me was just challenging me. And then let just trusting me, you know. He wasn't um so worried about the law. He wasn't so worried about my safety. He wasn't so, mm. you know, which I think maybe a father more naturally is. It's it's the guy who you know you're his. He raised you from a from a baby, but mm. uh, but a grandfather, no, you know, an uncle, no, uh, another elder in the community, no. So, and I think it's often. It may be more the role of the father to have more of that concern for safety mm-hmm. for his son, but but for the the others, you know, like the the grandfathers, the uncles, the the men in the neighborhood, you know, be that call to adventure. And uh, you know, my grandfather was, you know, he fought in World War Two, you know, and I would hear all kinds of stories of my grandfather, and he. He had uh, different properties around the state of Utah and possibly southern Idaho. He he had horses. He had a small farm out behind his house. He was he was also a he he was a mechanic. You know he could fix anything. He'd been a mechanic in the Air Force. And um, what is it? What is it to you being that guy? Say for Big A. Does that come naturally? So my, so my, so my, my dad left the house when I was 14. And I had no strong male influence in the house. And at home, it's run by my mother, who's raging against men, the patriarchy. And I go to school, and it's mostly female teachers, and it's also very much a, a female space. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, then it was my grandfather. It's like, yeah, I could be a wild man, you know. And there's nothing wrong with it because my grandfather's a wild man. And so it's like, I see like a kid like Big A. It's like, and I know he's got his dad. He's got the university. He's got everyone shaming him, punishing him, and telling him he needs to shape up and be a good 
domesticated, you know, civilian <laughs> taxpayer student. It's like, I get to go be my grandfather for Big A. Like, he needs a guy like that in his life. And so, and I talk about this in my work, but um, because I feel this way for my grandfather, this gratitude, this honor, whatever, it's like, I feel that. So, in my life, when I can step into that role, I get to feel the way I felt about my grandfather towards myself. It's stepping into what I call a natural stream of honor, and uh, which is a, which is a like men who want honor in your life. A simple way to do it is think of a man who came back for you, who stood for you, who um, who you really look up to, made a difference in your life, and uh, and it could be even an author who transformed your life. But to step into that role and be for other people who they were for you, wow, it's a natural, it's a natural way to just infuse honor into your life. You also expressed yesterday, wow, if, if, uh, if Big A comes here, we got to take care of him, you know? Yes. And I saw uh, a concern or a worry or a preparation. What is that? <laughs> no, it's just you don't know what's gonna happen, you know. Just uh he could uh he could get the coronavirus, he could get mugged, he could bit he could get put in jail, he could get injured, you know. And then uh he, even <coughs> even more than those real life consequences, you know, could deal with the the father. You know, you're fucking my son up, and you know, and I mean, even even Big A could choose, could, could decide, you fucked up my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, have you ever had experiences of that? Because I'd never seen that someone who had a taste of see the wild life and then regrets that goes back to the zoo. <laughs> Well, I think that I see plenty of people who have the taste of the wildlife and then, for example, they find Jesus, you know, <laughs> like they got too wild. They got so wild that they felt like they couldn't control themselves and that they were doing themselves more harm than good. And then something like the church offers them basically a path of honor again basically um yeah a way back to honor so i i i feel what's really necessary is not just a call to adventure and the wildness but also uh elders mm -hmm. like guys who are going to invite them both to adventure and to honor and when i say honor i mean also responsibility but because you know with With honor comes responsibility. Honor is a sweet invitation into responsibility. Honor is like an invitation into responsibility where the, the reward is is deeply spiritual and beautiful. And um, so, yeah, man needs a young man not needs not just a call to honor. I mean, a call to adventure, but a call to honor and a call to uh, 
manhood, mm-hmm. your responsibility. And he needs elders and he needs brothers. He needs brothers that are around him. And um, yeah, in all these things, many, so many of these things, which be natural in a healthy society or, or tribe for a human male are missing in the world of most young men today. And they're starving for it. And and mostly they don't know what's missing, but mm. they know they just know it's something's missing. And the feedback is and, and so because something's missing, they're trying to cope with drugs or whatever. And then they're being punished. You're wrong, you know? You're wrong. And uh it's like their hunger for aliveness is wrong. Their their hunger for brotherhood to be met and to to you know like like it's it's somehow wrong. And so both their desire is wrong and their behaviors to meet that desire is wrong. And they need to just accept a less stimulating life. And that becoming a man means just accepting that life sucks. <laughs> Compromising. And it's dull. And uh, just be good. And, you know, maybe one day uh, after you retire, you can buy a motorhome and travel around the country. Or you can... uh, At the end of your zoo, we can give you a a moving zoo. The end of your time in, in, in imprisonment. You know, you can live the life on the beach until you die. Once you're too old to hunt, too old to fuck, and too old to get into any real trouble that's worth getting into. So what Big A is facing is what a lot of men are facing. And that's why say, well, he's young, but it's at this young age that it's so pivotal. Because he has both now strong. Yes. And he's really at a turning point. Yeah. And for, you know, for a young guy like that, that okay, there is a, there's a danger in just, like, for example, going and chasing pleasure with boys, you know, or even with older men who all they're about is just lawlessness and pleasure and fuck it all, you know, um, that they can lose their way. They can lose their honor. They can, you know, like that is a danger. But but that's, again, why I say it's not just the wild adventure and the wilderness and the, the freedom that a man right. needs to, to find out who he is and that he's capable of <laughs> existing on the planet and all that, but he needs the eldership if you will the, the older men in his life who truly give a fuck about him you know and who are going to call him to honor who are going to confront him when he's when he's doing shit that could totally fuck his life up you know not from a moralizing place not from a place of judgment and that he should then obey some external authority but be with him in a way where he is affirmed fundamentally 
Yeah. Be, be with him where the honor is not taken away. Honor is not taken away, but you take an honest look at what's going on and say, is this really the path that you want to choose? You know, today I, I think and one of the things that's fucked up in the world that young men inhabit today is they are called to self-honesty inside of a context without honor. It's just shame and punishment. Mm. Yeah. Like, like, imagine the person who's shaming you and judging you feel like they don't give a fuck about you. They, they, they're not inviting you to honor. Mm. They're just inviting you to submit and be obedient and to apologize for your aggression, your wildness, your your life force. They want you to apologize for that. They want you to apologize for being male, for being white, for being just too much, for being outspoken, for being uh, alive. Being outrageous. Being outrageous. Being vital. Like they're there's something wrong, as if there's something wrong with the little boy who's being bored to death by his teacher and he's looking outside in search of adventure. A tree worth climbing, a mountain worth climbing, a, a woman worth climbing. <laughs> yes. And, it, you know, something worth chasing after, going for, testing himself with. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that fundamental desire and uh, yes you stand for that it was very interesting to hear the conversation yesterday and I like the description of that invitation to him you know it's not just a, ah just do it it's really a stand, you know, to be that guy like your grandfather was. You know, that somebody has to be that guy. Mm. And uh, there's a role to play there. There's a responsibility in a way. Yes. But it's a stand to make also. And it's a, you know, like Anthony has what it takes to go out and learn in the world. You know, just he needs to be affirmed. You're a human and humans belong on the planet and, you know, you have what it takes to learn. We're, we're learning. That's what humans are great at. We're not born with just so many instincts that we have to learn and we're great at learning. That's how we survive. That's how humans survive. We are masterful learners. We don't need to be humiliated and forced into learning in some class that we don't really want to be in and that we're bad if we don't want to fucking learn the the econ 101 or whatever so, the fucking lesson is. So how do you tell a guy a big A but by extension any guy that's thinking now, okay, I got this secure path going to university being a good boy you know have a job, get a family. But on the other hand, there's, there's some calling there. 
for the wild, but it seems so dangerous and, you know, there's so many reasons not to do it. How do you tell a guy? How, how did you, how did you talk to Big A yesterday? Did you just say, just do it? What what is the what is that role of your grandfather? What does that entail for you right now? Well, like it wasn't just an invite to just go out into the world, which I would also invite him to do, you know. But it's to come stay with us, you know. Two men who he looks up to, who he trusts. He's heard our stories, you know. We're not uh, hiding anything from him. We've told him the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know. And uh, he's also told us the good and the bad and the ugly. It's probably why he is more inclined to, let's say, listen to us than his father. Is because maybe he can't tell his father everything. Maybe his father doesn't know his deepest desires and the, the desires that are shameful societal wise or whatever and uh i and, and i think that's really what a guy needs more than you know what a lot of guys have what a lot of young guys have today are elders who are hypocrites they are trying to tell the young kid be this version of a good guy and what they're also saying is <coughs> Don't learn too much about me, right? Because I have my secrets. I'm really not as uh, I'm really not the, the good guy I'm portraying myself as. I've got my own dark secrets, fears, shame, whatever. And I think what I, I think what young men need in today's world is is authenticity. You know, be be around elders who are not going to apologize for being a man. They're not going to apologize for their aggression. They're not going to apologize for their desire. They're not going to apologize for their wildness. And they're going to be an invitation into honor, an invitation into adulthood and responsibility.